Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Welcome, ironradio.org listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm an exercise physiology and sports nutrition professor, and I'm a former competitive bodybuilder. And this is Phil Stevens. I run Strength Guild. I run Barbell Open. I'm a competitive powerlifter, Highland Games athlete, and she's I've done a bunch of other stuff. Right now, I'm currently dieting down to the smallest I've been in a decade. So You know, it's good that you're it's dieting, cool. I guess, because, because I hear you're morbidly obese. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's start with that. Yeah, that was horrible. Um, <laughs> so we went, me and my wife, and it's like, man, we need to get life insurance. So we went and figured all that out, sat down, and then, of course, you have to go through. We paid for a month. They're like, pay for a month now. That way you're covered, and then we'll send the people to do all the testing. And it's like, all right, let's do that. So they sent the people to the house to do the testing, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. But so a lady comes to the house. She's taking blood and blood pressure. They have to do blood pressure in two areas. Um, so anyway, blood pressure, um, all kinds of blood, urine sample, blah, 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 blah. Um, comes back, like everything tested. Like, oh, man, your heart rate was amazing for a big guy. It was like 57 beats a minute. Uh, blood pressure was great. I don't remember what it was. It was like 120 over 64. Or no, I don't good, know. yeah. Something good. Um, and, uh, you know, everything, all your blood markers were great. You didn't have anything bad. But you're morbidly obese. So <laughs> based on <laughs> your, your rates, BMI, right? Your rates are going to be, you know, four times higher than your agent told you because you're morbidly obese. It's and, unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, they literally went uh, tripled. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I, uh, I've been bitching about that. And I'm not even that heavily built anymore, but I just got that little nasty little note I tweeted from the doctor about my body mass index was 31. And if listeners, if you're not familiar, a weight for height, when they do the calculation, it's just weight in kilos divided by height in meters squared. And it gives you one number that includes both weight and height. And um, yeah, if you're in the low 20s, that's normal. If you're in the upper 20s, I bet most of our listeners are in the upper 20s, and that's yeah. overweight. And if you're over 30, you're obese. Yeah. And so, yeah, and they, and they slam you with higher rates. My insurance guy, my wife always laughs, and it's, it's sort of a bitter laugh, though, this sort of you know sardonic mm-hmm. kind of situation where he said the irony is if you stop lifting weights, I'd give you better rates. Like if you stopped yeah. exercising, you'd get yep. better rates. Yeah. What? Oh, God. That's the stupid thing. Yeah, and I, the weird thing is, like I was telling him, I'm seeing all this stuff on social media lately where it's like, if you have more than a 500-pound deadlift, get a better rate on your life insurance. And, uh, like, what is that all about? I don't, yeah, I don't know. But Hey, that now that's interesting yeah. because I just heard at that ASAP, was it the ASAP conference? I'm pretty sure one of the speakers was saying that VO2 max or, you know, your conditioning level, your aerobic capacity mm-hmm. is a better marker of lifespan and low cardiac risk than a lot of the traditional things, you know, like cholesterol, oh, sure. you know, stuff like that. But it, that kind of fits with that. I'd love to see some stuff because let's face it. If you, Well, I was going to say, if you can pull 600 pounds off the floor a couple of times, you must be fairly good shape. Pretty, I mean, something's yeah, something's, you're doing something right. <laughs> yeah. Now, so. at the same time, though, you know, that game you play, fat or power lifter mm-hmm. uh, I'm not sure that's always the case it depends you know you get some guys and if, if they're on heavy gas and they're like mm-hmm. turning purple and their blood pressure is always high well that's the thing they're always going to test for blood pressure and stuff like that so well that's true <laughs> that's true that's true so, um, yeah I don't know it was just kind of it was I had to drive and write a check yesterday and I was sour the whole drive over there so <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I've got life insurance, so if I die, then we're okay. You know, listeners, if anybody, if, if you've ever been told that, like you're too heavy for your height or your body mass index is overweight or obese, um, tweet us or, or send us an email through ironradio.org. I, I, it's just fun to kind of – misery loves company because we're being discriminated against. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just – like I said, well, I'm not even – I'm 20 – 
four pounds down from where I was, and I'm still fat. <laughs> <laughs> you had really blown him away. <laughs> exactly. Like, this guy, like, get him in the uh, emergency room. <laughs> yeah. uh, so. You're you big uh, man. Yeah. Well, so. Okay, we have one piece. Let me share some uh, mail, and it sort of fits this. This is from John, who uh, contacted us recently about a, a different topic. But he said, um, "Hi, this is John. Uh, looks, does this look like good science, per chance?" And he sent me um, a link. So I went and I looked at the study. Strength and Muscle Sport News. It's called, um, at least the news blurb is called. Protein supplement may cut risk of heart disease and stroke. So I'm like, okay, well, let's take a look at this, right? Because traditionally, um, I can tell you working in dietetics, protein gets a pretty negative, you know, um, the, the consumer education, the quote, education, close quote, that a lot of health authorities, including dietitians, have given with protein has been sometimes quite negative, right? So this is interesting that it might be something positive. So the paper is in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition. Uh, this is the premier nutrition journal on earth. Like, this is the best one. So uh, I am a member of this group, the American Society of Nutrition. There's a lot of people, including most dietitians, they couldn't even be a um, you know, um, functioning level member in this group because you have to have multiple you know, publications to your name. And so a lot of these guys are MD, PhDs. So very impressive group. So that's a good sign, John, that this is legit. Now, what surprised me a little is uh, it, this almost, I don't know if this is commercial or if, if this is just scientists trying to be funny and clever, because sometimes when they do, it's not. <laughs> yeah. But uh, here's the title. Whey protein lowers blood pressure and improves endothelial function and lipid biomarkers in adults with prehypertension and with mild hypertension. The results from the chronic way to go randomized controlled trial. Now, that's what I mean. Is way to go? I'd have to look into this further. This might just be them trying to be clever, you know, because they love to name these ongoing trials with catchy names. But if this is commercial, this is the first time I've seen anything this overtly commercial in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition because AJCN, like I said, is a very premier one. Let me just share the tidbits here. The beginning talks about how cardiovascular disease is the greatest cause of death globally. We know that's true in men and women. Uh, high blood pressure affects one in three people in the United Kingdom, which is where this is coming from. This is uh, Agnes Fekeet. F-E-K-E-T-E and colleagues. Um, high blood pressure is also a huge problem here in the U.S. So one in three, one in four, uh, that kind of thing. So that's impressive, Phil, that you're not. Uh, yeah. Because oftentimes, really heavy guys, they do get a little pressurized in, mm -hmm. in my experience. But anyway, the objective was to investigate whether milk proteins lower 24-hour ambulatory blood pressure and other risk markers of cardiovascular disease. So here's what they did. They had... Um, I think it was 38 participants. They consumed either uh, essentially two scoops of whey, 28 grams each time, two scoops of casein, or two scoops of maltodextrin. And I've used that in research before. It's just, a, of course, starch. It's, it's the control group. You can't say it's a placebo, but it provides the same number of calories, and, but not the actual nitrogen and protein, right? So... Here's the results. Uh, significant reductions in systolic blood pressure. So they lost about four millimeters of mercury. So four units in their systolic blood pressure went down and two and a half units of diastolic blood pressure. So if you're not familiar, and I'm not going to bore everybody, but systolic is during the beat, during the squeeze, and then diastolic would be between beats. So that's the lower number. So normal is 120 over 80. Uh, a lot of people are familiar Usually, we're considering people mild hypertension if they're 140 over 90 or higher, uh, that sort of thing. So this looks like, like a drop of roughly three to four uh, units, millimeters of mercury on the, uh, the SVIG. Uh, it also says, now this is something that Dr. Nelson would be interested in, flow-mediated dilation. Uh, so uh, again, a marker of uh, peripheral blood flow increased significantly after both whey protein and calcium. 
So it looks like the whey might have had the biggest impact on blood pressure, but the blood flow issues were, were improved with both whey and casein uh, compared to the control, the, the starch, the maltodextrin. Uh, it says both whey and calcium caseinate significantly lowered total cholesterol as well. Uh, but it said only whey decreased triglycerides in your blood. So triglycerides are a lesser uh, risk marker for heart disease, but some people have really high triglycerides. Uh, men in general have a higher blood fat response to a meal, higher triglyceride response to a meal than women. Uh, and it can make your blood a little thicker and that sort of thing. So it, it is a... Uh, one of the risk factors, even though it's not quite as heavy as something like your low HDL, you know, or high LDL, the bad cholesterol. But conclusions, the consumption of unhydrolyzed milk proteins at 56 grams a day, because remember they did two scoops, for eight weeks improved vascular reactivity, uh, biomarkers of endothelial function. So again, they're just looking inside your blood vessels there. And lipid risk. So there it is, something very positive about taking two scoops of, uh, I, I would say, traditional milk proteins a day. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, there, there's been stuff about different milk pe peptides lowering blood pressure in the past, but uh, this is spanking new, though. This is literally this month. This just came out, so I appreciate it, John, for you sending that. So uh, to answer your question, yep, good science probably, almost for sure. And it's not the first time about the blood pressure, milk proteins lowering blood pressure, but... Um, it's a nice confirmation. So maybe Phil can take some of that to try to <laughs> reduce his health insurance <laughs> rates. Say, wait, I yeah. take my protein. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anything going on in your uh, in Strength Guild? I know you're going to take a trip here. No, oh, yeah, and getting ready to go out to. I'm going to fly out. Me and the, well, I mean the whole family are flying out to the Record Breakers meet out of Jesse Burdick's next weekend. So we're going to load up and fly out there, see everybody. That's exciting. Uh, it's just been a while since I've been out that way. Especially with the family. And, uh, you know, see JP try and do something insanely crazy again just a few weeks after he did it. You know, he hit, what, 9.32 in sleeves. And he's going to open at 9.05, I think, oh. <laughs> as an wow. opener. Wow. So, um, yeah, it's this record breakers meet, so there should be a lot a lot of big lifts there. Um, and then the other night, just catch up with everybody. Um we have a lot of family that hasn't met my son that live out there. We haven't been out there since he was born. This will be his first plane flight. Oh, so okay, yeah. See how that goes. Well, what about <laughs> what about a lot of those guys? They're they're widely recognized names. Uh, are they still pushing like record breaking numbers, or are they? I, I hate to say more like us because you're lifting a lot heavier than I am these <laughs> days. But are they are they kind of done trying to break their old records? You know what I mean? Like who? I don't know who are you meeting out there again. Oh, like I don't think Jesse's in it. He has to run it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesse Burdick. Um, but I mean, he's still lifting. And Mark Bell he was supposed to do the meet. I don't think he is now because he he tweaked his pec. Okay. Uh, but he was going for uh, seven seven hundred raw bench. Oh so, shit! Yeah, I mean, they're still oh, yeah, oh. <laughs> they're still lifting. Okay. So because uh, I didn't know, I don't even know how Jesse, Mark, a lot of those guys up there. I, I, I lose track. Jim is coming out, but Jim doesn't leave in the house. So I was trying to talk to Jim and his wife, and they're both coming up. But oh, right, yeah, uh, yeah. But they're they're not going to make it up to California. So are these guys? Are they a range of ages, or are they all pushing forty, or you know, we're all about the same age? Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, why I asked all... that. Right, that was my vi my vibe. A lot of these guys are like war scarred veterans, and are they? Yeah. you know, we're all pushing. JP's younger. JP's thirty. Right. 30, yeah. 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 But, um, he's still a young buck. He's got some years in him. Good. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's heavily built too. I think his career, yeah. he'll have good career longevity. Big things yeah. out of him in ten years. You know. I'm gonna change my jobs and become his life insurance agent because I can really jack up the rates. Right. Because he's three. He's like three sixty. If my rates are what they are at two fifty, then his rates have to be astronomical. You know, I have wanted for ages to take a lot of guys like this and. Just document them for science, like, you know, here's their body mass index, but then here's their body composition, you know, yeah. uh, or even if they're high body fat, I yeah. mean, it's not like JP's trying to sport a six pack abs or something, yeah. but just get some different biomarkers on them and just document them. Because when you look in research papers and in peer reviewed scientific studies, the guys like this don't really exist there. I, I just want to yeah. stick them in like an MRI unit. 
you know, get mm-hmm. their blood pressure. Just document them. I, I know it's a tiny minority of the population, but it'd be fun to take elite guys, like define elite somehow, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know, world record holders or uh, however you would want to do it. Um, bench at least X number of pounds or, I don't know, squat over yeah. 600, whatever, and then just document them because yeah. it might help. It might help the discrimination thing. Like, oh, but there's a yeah, lot of good future, things. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. So, yeah, I mean, other than that, we got that going on. Um, I've been busy at the gym. So I think that the batting cages are supposed to open next week. Upstairs, oh. so you have the stair, stairway going in uh, Monday. Because um, I don't want the kids. Basically, it's going to be a lot of you know little league kids. And the only way up there right now is a stairway that goes around the elevator shaft. Oh. And this is like an elevator built in 1890. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's just an open shaft. I'm not having 10-year-old kids walking no, around the right, elevator yeah. shaft. So we're putting it in a different stairway and you know direct access and stuff like that. You know so, what would yeah, be fun? Busy, man. I, I, I think it would be fun in your gym. Again, with kids, you have to be careful. But have a like a fireman's pole from the second floor down to the first floor. Yeah. You know. And then have people climb up it if, <laughs> for part of their training or something. <laughs> yeah. No, I would be totally game for that and just add it into the waiver. But yeah, there you go. Uh, so. so yeah, I mean, man, keeping busy, kicking butt, training when I can. You know, right now it's early, early, early in the morning, but it's going well. I've deadlifted over six hundred already. Oh, on this after okay. this injury and. Um, well, you scare me with that a little. You know that. Cause, yeah, I know. Because you're really uh, aggressive, yeah. ramping back up, but. You know, that's rehab is moving in that direction. They're getting pretty, I mean, not like 600 pounds aggressive, but, yeah. you know, yeah, they try to hit people, get them back to near maximal function much more quickly than I think they used to, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, the only thing weird on me right now is my squat, but, I mean, that's to be, I mean, basically I had, well, I had a hip replacement and a complete hamstring rupture. So, yeah, uh, it's just going to take time, <laughs> you know. I mean, I can still squat 500, but, um, yeah. You know, it just done. There's days that it's like, well, man, don't, it's not the parts. Don't you have to be careful with depth now with the fake hip? Yeah. Well, his my doctor's advice was spend most of my time high. He said you can go there. You know, he said I just wouldn't do a ton of volume. Oh, way down. okay. So because of the pop out thing, time. right? Yeah, yeah. So he's like, spend a lot of your time high, and then you know, take a few shots down. Yeah, you know, here okay. and there. Right, right. Uh, so that's kind of what I'm doing, and you know, so yeah. For me in the gym, my big thing lately is I'm just trying to do volume with what's embarrassingly light loads. But, you know, um, volume has been making me sore. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. I think if you know, if you have a good idea of how your body reacts to different lifts and you can really focus and get, you know, um, associate with the lift and get into it, I really think you can get sore with two and a quarter, you know. even 185 for, you know, let's face it, a lot of listeners are like, oh, God, that's so light. But imagine doing like eight sets of eight with that or 10 sets yeah. of 10 or you will be ruined. And yeah. I, I, I just think at my age, that sounds funny, but I just turned 48 and my back won't have it. You know, after years of my little frame of trying to squat 405 on a almost a weekly basis, I can't do that anymore. So I've got to switch gears somehow. And I think volume is going to be where I go with that. You know, plus I get wrecked for like three or four days, yeah. Because uh, with with work and everything, this time of year, I only get to go in the gym three or four times a week. So, yeah, see, that's what I'm doing with more of my all my pressing and squatting and stuff. And then my deadlift, I just go day by day. It's what it feels like. Like yesterday, it felt great, so I went up and took a couple shots higher, and then did some assistance work. Yeah, so, yeah. So, I think that's yeah. one of the more advanced things you, you're here. <clears throat> experienced coaches talk like that instead of mm. like put me on a program write me down the program well that's that's a guide but it's more like a compass it's not an absolute roadmap that you must mm. follow no no we're doing light work today it's like yeah but i'm i feel up for it well yeah. okay let's push it up a little higher yeah and i mean especially when you're dealing with somebody like myself that has multiple injuries and orthopedic issues and this and that you can't just Here's what we're doing, no matter what. Yeah. It's like, well, that's not happening. You know, that. that's a good point because my joints dictate what I do a lot. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So. Okay, before we go to break and we do our topic of the day, everyone, again, we're just going to talk about the next five years in muscle sports. 
Um, but I wanted just to thank some people, uh, Shane, John, and James. Thanks for stepping up for the funds drive. It's appreciated. And uh, now this is just something I've panned over the last couple of weeks. I know we have more, but the usual supporters, I, I don't want to forget them. Jill, there from the beginning, you are appreciated. David, Ryan, Holly is another one. Uh, there's uh, Prasan, Joe. Uh, thank you for the support of this, right? Iron Radio is like a public radio format type of show. And from the beginning, we have not inundated you with ads. And this is the fall funds drive, which is why I'm mentioning this. But we don't beg on a regular basis either. I listen to some podcasts in different genres, and that's all they do. I mean, irritatingly so. You know, go donate, go donate. Well, I will say if you're interested, ironradio.org. You can either do a one-time donation or you can become an ongoing $4 a month supporter. So we're putting that out there this time of year so we can uh, pay the servers uh, a, a small amount of that money. I will use for like students if they need to buy like research supplies or something or uh, for Phil. In fact, Phil, I, I haven't gotten to talk to you about this when we're off air. We'll hammer out some details, but I think we've got enough in that um, in our coffers. We can help support a, a couple of athletes. So uh, th- that's just the kind of stuff that gets done. We do not just go, you know, buy Guinness and meat pies <laughs> with this stuff. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Okay, we'll go to break. We're going to come back and talk about the next five years in muscle sports. Hey, listeners, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry. If you've ever had anyone critique you uh, on your protein intake as part of your weightlifting lifestyle, oh, you poor meathead. All that extra protein is going to rot your kidneys or weaken your bones or dehydrate you or give you gout or who knows what. Uh, There is a book available. You can simply Google CRC Press and Lowry. And what I've done is reach out to experts all over the world and create a book, a single compendium that you can hold up and say, this is why I consume extra protein. This can be very valuable when you're um, being quote unquote educated Uh, by various professionals on the topic. Uh, There's an enormous amount of literature in this book on the safety, uh, the effectiveness, how protein works in cells, the history of protein and weight trainers, uh, much more. So again, please check out CRC Press and Protein and Lowry. You can just Google that. And uh, I do, full disclosure, I do make a small single digit uh, royalty on the book. But that's not why I did it. I did it so we can all have something, uh, our particular population, uh, to both defend what we do and to inform our nutrition and our eating. Thanks. Fall and soon winter will be upon us. As the holidays approach and your thoughts turn to giving, please consider your friends here at ironradio.org. Over the past several years, there have been hundreds of listener comments hoping that Iron Radio stays on the air for years to come. Iron Radio is here for you. But as with any public radio type format, the show is listener supported. That's where you come in. For just $4 per month, you can become a supporting member, keeping your weekly dose of education, experts, and gym talk flowing. Just go to www.ironradio.org and click on the $4 monthly subscribe button near the bottom of the page. Or click the donate button at the right of the page for a one-time donation. You are the Iron Brotherhood and Sisterhood. Thanks for helping to create a place for better internet programming for all strength and muscle sports. And happy holidays. Hi, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry, and on behalf of Phil and Rob, I'd just like to let listeners know that if you love us or you hate us, we'd like you to leave a comment or perhaps vote for us on iTunes. It helps us out quite a bit on the popularity side of things. Uh, You can also follow uh, Dr. Lowry, me, on Twitter. Uh, It's Lawnman7 on Twitter if you want to do that. We also have a Facebook page, the Iron Radio uh, listeners page. So, Uh, Whether it's leaving a comment or voting for us or following us on Twitter or Facebook, uh, that would be fantastic. Also, uh, occasionally Rob or myself will write an article for another website and Phil will as well. So lots of ways to um, interact. 
uh, follow us in other media and vote for us and uh, keep things going strong on Iron Radio. Thanks. Like your weekly fix of Iron Radio? In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once-per-week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. Talk about the next five years in muscle sports, be it powerlifting, weightlifting, bodybuilding, on down the road. So, Right on. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. It's hard to kind of forecast this stuff. Um, but I can tell you this right now, like Olympic weightlifting is a huge upswing here in the States, at least. I mean, it is probably the biggest it's ever been. And I don't see that slowing down for a minute. Um, so that's kind of neat. I mean, it's you're seeing more and more people do competitions. I'm seeing more and more young kids come into it. Mm-hmm. Um it's we're, we're we're in the midst of this athletic culture, and I think that's going to stick around for another five years. Whereas the like the athlete is kind of the the end thing versus like the bodybuilder the from physique. The, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, so. In any group, I was just talking to a student yesterday, and because he was asking me about getting ready for a men's physique competition, I have two students that do this now. But of any at any given time, there's a small minority of students in the exercise physiology major that are interested in physique, but it's like literally, it's almost closet. Like it's not as cool anymore. You know, like people, they rather lift for a particular sport and take pride in that than just, it's almost like maybe it's considered vain. I'm not sure, um, you know, why there, there's this quiet minority of the physique. Maybe it was always that way. And I just romanticize the eighties and nineties, but, uh, at least now, you know, back then, of course, you had like Stallone and Schwarzenegger and Van Damme, mm-hmm. and you had a bunch of muscle heroes in the movies yeah. and whatnot. And now we've got guys that, by and large, don't look like that anymore, except for the mm-hmm. old timers. Like you, if you watch the, uh, what's the Stallone flick, uh, um, The Expendables or whatever, yeah. you know. Uh, but that's just the old guard back at it, you know, take yeah. a little GH and get in shape <laughs> kind of mm-hmm. thing. But, no, I, I agree with that. Now, what do you think about how people are getting into the uh, Olympic lifts? I mean, is A, is it is it the CrossFit mechanism, and is that good or bad? And B, is this going to be enough that we might actually be a contender five years down the road? Because I know at the international level, we don't do well in Olympic lifts. Well, yeah, I think, I mean, it could be. I mean, we're seeing guys like C.J. Cummings come up, and he just went and broke the – you know, international records in for for juniors. So, and he's an American kid. You know, okay, and he yeah. still has another year of doing that. So, um, before he's not a junior. So, yeah, I mean, I think we got a chance at that. He's right now, he's it. But you got to have one before you get more. No, sure, sure. Uh, you know, and I think I think that turns on other kids. I mean, I'm seeing, like I said, I'm seeing. It used to be I get people that are thirty. Come in and I want to learn Olympic weightlifting. It's like that's great. I'm going to be honest with you. It's too late for you to do anything with it besides master's class. But um, you know, now I'm getting 12 and 13 year olds and stuff like right. that, and even younger. And it's like, well, now we now we're working. Well, that's why that's I brought that up, right? Because it seems like whether it was China or Eastern Bloc countries, they're cultivating this well this culture from a very young age and and therefore dominating the scene it seems like right so yeah and that's our problem i think internally that's where crossfit and things like gyms like my own have helped we're the ones cultivating these kids uh, usa weightlifting has been in this in my mind they've been a little short-sighted they've been all their funding and all their time goes to the next olympics okay, you know, okay. And who, who can we who can we get up there we need to qualify you know, they're all worried about just getting, not winning, getting actual butts in the seats to be able to go, you know, right, and right. they're not looking 12 years, 16 years ahead, you know, and that's what we need. We need that foresight to, because we're not winning tomorrow. You know? Right, right. Uh, 
so we need to start looking at 16 years down the road and cultivating those athletes and bringing those kids into it. Um, cause it's hard to, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to play catch up in four years, you know, when you're that far behind. Sure. Um, it it just know, reminds can, me, for example, you know, we've had people on the show before talking about, uh, a lot of strength sports or big man sports, people in this country, it's just not a money sport, you know, Olympic yeah. lifting compared to something yeah. that might get you much more attention, even in college, you know, football or basketball or whatever you're doing. Um, it, it's just not the kind of thing where people aspire from their youth, you know, here yeah, in the U.S. That's definitely, and I don't think we'll ever have that. You know, I um, don't think unless somebody steps up with the funding, you know, I just don't see it. And that's yeah. that's going to be something we're battling. You're basically if you want to win a gold medal in Olympic weightlifting, you're just doing it for the love of it. And you're probably going to end up buying your gold medal yourself. So you're actually going <laughs> right, to lose right. money winning it. OK, so, yeah, um, unless something drastically changes, I mean, we're starting to see some money coming to powerlifting. I mean, like this meet I'm going to next weekend, there's some pretty good money going out. Oh, you know, throwing hmm. out money to anybody who's who bench presses over five hundred gets I don't know thousand dollars. Anybody who does this or that, and then there's that Gracie V meet coming up, and they're giving away three hundred grand to powerlifters. That oh is just that's God. unheard. Yeah. So I I think like it, you get if you win your weight class you get fifteen grand, and if you do this you get five grand. You know it's it's total amount of money, but still that's. That's starting to be enough where if you had numerous of those events and you were a high-level person, you could get a living. Right. You know? And dedicate dedicate your life to it instead of working a, a construction job or something. Yes. Yes, exactly. So, And that's what we need in weightlifting. I mean, we need a, I don't know, we need a, like a fox catcher situation that we had with wrestling mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. to happen to weightlifting and to where these people don't have to work at Lowe's Home Improvement. And, and then go lift. Exactly. You know, seven days a week. Well, I was mentioning Eastern yeah. Block, Like, that's state-sponsored, you know? Yes, so if exactly. it's not commercial, then the government would have to. And our government's not going to do that, I don't yeah. think, you know? No, they're not going to throw money at this. So, yeah. No. And especially with all the testing that's gone lately and people getting popped, not in our country, but other countries, they're not going to throw money at a, a cheater sport. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. That just look bad. There's so, so much stigma but, against you know strength and, and muscle sports yeah. it's always the poster child anytime somebody talks about performance enhancing drugs you yep. know as opposed to the cyclists and stuff that are finally i i think people are like oh that's a really prevalent there too it's like mm-hmm. you know you need to open your eyes it's not even just that it's it's all over the place track and field yeah. i mean yes yeah. everybody yeah you know uh, now, let me ask you about the the federations then so in the next five years from the power lifters perspective um do you, do you see things sort of continuing to fracture? Do you see some maybe coalescing and coming together? No, I see more of the same. Uh, I mean, the what's going to happen is I don't th- think I see any more fracture, but what's going to what happen like four years ago, SPF was the big thing, and then it was it's going to be that. It's going to be the same thing. Like right now, USPA is, is really big. They're a good federation, and USAPL has always got a good following. In three years from now, it'll be somebody else, and it's just going to – I don't know. It seems to always do that. It's like it switches every few years. Somebody else is big and somebody's going down. It depends on where the lifters go. Flavor you know, of the basically, year. Yeah, yeah, basically somebody gets pissed off over here, so they go over here, so then everybody jumps ship and goes over there. And it takes a year and a half for that to happen. If they slowly shift, and this is That's big funny thing. to and, me, uh, It's just, yeah, it bounces all around. For me, it's like, just go lift where I only have a couple federations I just won't go to. And There's so much drama. Just, you know, Go for all these, yeah. all these, all these like stoic strong men, and there, there's all this drama. It, it just sounds funny to me. It seems like yeah. oxymoron. I don't know. It would be nice. It would be lovely if they all whittled down to one or two federations. Two federations would be great. You need, you need choice. Yeah. You don't want to. Yeah. You don't want a complete monarchy. But <laughs> twenty-seven of them. You know, it's. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, it'll never happen. There's too much money and people. See that's it. pissing matches. It's the yeah. same reason that you see so many certifications. It's money. Yeah, and yeah, and the latest thing now is they're all doing what the IPF did, and it's like you can only lift with approved gear. So what do you have to do? These companies they have to pay to get Let their gear. Approved. Right. It's a it's a payday. It's right. you know you pay IPF to, the literally like the the approval is that you send them the check with your item. And, oh, right. it's approved. Thanks for the ten grand. You know? Oh right, yeah. You know, and it's like, and that's all it is, you know. And it's 
I actually wasn't aware of that. Money. So approved gear. And, oh, by the way, we sell that, right? Is that what you're oh, saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, that's been a – that's been – see, with IPF, they don't. So they okay. didn't – there was no uh, conflict of interest, you know. Right, but exactly. in other federation here in the States, yeah, they also own a gear company. And it's, of course, all their shit's approved. Oh, right, <laughs> you know? right, exactly. But everybody else has to go through it, and, you know, it's like, ah, that's kind of a conflict of interest there, to you know. Right. So, because, of course, all the stuff you make's approved, you know. Oh, right, of course. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's goofy. Let me um, offer a, a couple of things about, from the bodybuilding perspective, um, one of the things that I've noticed over recent years is, I, like, I can't even keep track of the new federations that kind of crop up. I don't know if historically it's been quite as as bad, you know, the fracturing maybe as in powerlifting. But, I mean, because to me, there's NABA, there's the National Physique Committee, the NPC. Um, some of these regional events are growing. In, in you know, like, even NABA's old school, NPC, I think. To me, is still you know the central one. Although there's so many cropping up, all these natural ones, I can't keep track. It seems like mostly lots of these little natural ones that I'm just not that familiar with. But um, regional events, like we've had a couple of people on the show here that were um, contest promoters, like Chris Bongiovanni and people of that nature. And I'd like to get a few more too. And they are actually having increased enrollment. I mean, they have. They'll have 200 athletes show up, you know, uh, for some of these different events. But I think a lot of it, at least on the men's side, and arguably the women, I mean, well, not arguably with the women. Women don't, women's bodybuilding is pretty much extinct, I mean, Mm -hmm. for the most part. And I might get some heat for that, but there it is. Uh, But the physique competition seems to be where it's at. And uh, like I said, a lot of the, like if I talk to students, that's what they're thinking. Like, I'd like to do men's physique because I think it seems attainable. You know, they don't have to weigh over 200 pounds at 4% body fat. They can weigh 170 pounds and just make it more of a, a dieting competition, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's – they've tried to reinvent in that way with the physique. I, I'm just not a fan. I, I don't like covering up my legs, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense to me, but I get it. Uh, from a marketing standpoint, it's going to kind of feed the rest of it. And then, I don't know, maybe some of those guys even cross over and they also compete in the bodybuilding. So it's it's weird to me because I think on the whole, bodybuilding is smaller. And I think at the pro level, uh, there's in a lot of ways, there's less interest because the guys are so big, they don't look that good anymore, you know, with the GH insulin bellies and all that stuff. And, uh, but at, and yet, regional stuff seems to still be growing in a lot of ways. So I'd like to get a few, a few more... Um, regional contest promoters to do this and the other thing so i get i don't know my prediction for the next five years would be that that trend will continue you'll see that kind of stuff i don't know if men's bodybuilding is going to go the way of the dodo like women's bodybuilding tended to you know uh we'll see Uh, but another thing that i think is adding to the shrinkage like on a pro level or maybe um just across the world not so much just in the in the men's physique and whatnot, but is we do not have the same environment that we had 10 or 15 years ago with big supplement companies underwriting everything. You know, you had companies like um, Metrex or EAS or Pinnacle, or you could go down to VPX. There were all these sort of big companies and they'd, they'd show up with fleets of trucks and, you know, they mm-hmm. got big factories and, uh, the magazines are filled with their products. And now when I flip through magazines, and again, I don't look at muscle magazines as much as I used to, so people can certainly um, come at me with this one if they want. But it feels like it's more scattered, and the, the companies that are there are, aren't as big. They're not as financially powerful. It's more of a, I don't want to say fly-by-night, but it's just mid-level or smaller companies maybe. Uh, and I don't know if they're scrapping – uh, for the in the aftermath, like the scraps of the industry, or it just doesn't seem like those products that used to drive the whole industry underwrite everything. You know, the big bodybuilding type supplements. Um, I don't know. I I feel like that golden era is gone. But so if you're a listener and if you disagree, let us know. You know, contact me through IronRadio.org and 
Tell me what you think. Maybe there are a couple of big players that are coming up in the supplement world that I'm not familiar with, but I, I am aware personally of a lot of people who they walk around and they call themselves CEO of this supplement company or that. I'm like, you're CEO of nobody. You know, hmm. there, you have no staff. You, no, that's it's yeah. not the same thing. You know, so no, I think all in all, it's a big upshift, at least in lifting. You know, I'm seeing more meets in general everywhere than I was before, and you're seeing more people come to them, yeah, especially raw stuff. Um, you know, the hell, ten years ago I was the raw dude. <laughs> oh right, no and right now. And now I go to meets. I mean, like, JP, they're throwing this meet in December where I have a lot of lifters going to, and he opened it up to 65 lifters, and in 24 hours it was full. You know, wow. Literally. Had yeah. to shut it down. That's how, I mean, it's getting much more. Whereas before, even five years ago, we would we would hope to fill it up. <laughs> oh, God, okay. I hope we make enough to make, you know, to break even. Yeah. You know, so... It's it's come a long way. There's a lot more people just doing it, and it's come become more acceptable to the the average person. You know, hey, I'm going to go out and try this and have fun. So, got you, got you. What about strongman and Highland? Just as as a last topic here, because you you've competed in that stuff before. Is yeah. is that like more grassroots attendance kind of thing too, or? Well, Highland Games for sure, and I think it might grow a little bit. You're you're seeing like the the lightweight class now get a little more attention, which is good. Um, so that's the under two two hundred and under, which again that's makes it more attainable to the average person. Right, it's almost analogous uh, to men's physique, you know, in yeah. bodybuilding, in that it's more attainable. Yeah, you don't need to be two eighty, you know, and six four. Yeah, um, four hundred uh, pounds. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Highland Games, I don't think is ever going to be. I think it's always going to be very niche. It's just, it, I mean, it's, look at it. It's throwing like trees and stuff. Yeah. So and drinking you beer. Can just go <laughs> like powerlifting. You can go squat, bench, deadlift. You know, anywhere. <clears throat> and even Olympic weightlifting is more attainable than that. You need a bar. You can do some cleans in your basement. You know, yeah. maybe you don't have bumper paints, but that's okay. Neither did Tommy Kono, you know. Mm-hmm. But where are you going to find a caber? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and who has the drive to go out and make one? So, yeah, I think it's going to stay niche. And then, I don't know. I mean, Strongman, I don't think it's as big as it was. I don't see as much going on around that I did before at the amateur level. Um, like there used to be a bunch here. I, the year that I huh. blew my first bicep, I was like signed up for seven competitions around this area, and I don't see any now. So at least in this area, it's slowed down a bit. But I think it's always it's always going to be there. I think it's bigger in other countries. But okay, yeah, yeah I wasn't aware. I guess that the strongman was like the five year prognosis is that it might be smaller then, or yeah, maybe. I, yeah, I don't know. I just don't see a lot of people going towards it right now. Hmm. I don't, I don't, and I, like I said, maybe I'm just, I'm looking through my view, but I don't have people knocking down my door saying, hey, I want to do strongman. I have a lot of people knocking down my door saying I want to do weightlifting and powerlifting, even though I have like a bunch of strongman equipment. So, um, that's almost sad. I, yeah. I always like the strongman stuff. It's just fun stuff, you know. So. Uh, now, do those, and again, just as someone who doesn't do it, do those events evolve? Like, I know that powerlifting is not going to evolve there's gonna be the big three lifts you know but what they do on the field um can they do something different with that other than just have the under 200 pound guys i mean are there different events whether it's you know tractor tire flips or farmers not walks highland or- games no and in, in strongman it's anything man they can whatever they want highland games is they have set events it's like here's what we do okay and that's very yeah. set yeah yeah it's and that's it's traditional Scottish events. The only thing they've added on is like chief and that still fits right in. It's all throwing based. And then every once in a while you'll see like something weird at an event. They'll just throw it in for fun, like an idiot stone or something like that, where it's like like a really insanely big stone and you try and throw it. Oh, Um, okay. (laughs) But, uh, you know, they'll add in some of those for cloud crowd pleasers or something, but no Highland games. It'll be set in, in place. You know, it's always your hammers, your weights, your stones, your weight over bar, chief caber. Yeah, so. it's interesting to me because it seems that Strongman and Highland Games, and I, I know I always talk about them together. I understand that the Highland guys are th- throwing stuff all day, but uh, the the crowd appeal seems high for those things. Like you could show up. Like I'd rather show up and watch that stuff than I don't know a baseball game or or something like yeah. that. You know, it, it's it, there's events that are happening on the field right now, and you can kind of and you know it's almost got the the Highland Games feels to me like it's almost got the 
tailgating mixed in with it. Well, of. yeah, that's where Highland Games, I think, does great, is the fact that it, it latched on to these Scottish and Irish festivals. Right, know? exactly, yeah. So there's all this other stuff going on, and if other sports did that, it would help. You know, it, it's more family-friendly. Like, oh, you can take... I can take my family to a Highland Games, and the kids aren't bored off their minds. They can yes. go watch the dancing or do face painting or do this or this or this because there's 700 other things going on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they don't just have to watch the athletics. But So there's some uh, potential there. Yeah, I mean, I think if, if you could find that and hook other sports to it, be it powerlifting, strongman, things like that. Festival, yeah. In the current festivals, yeah. I mean, it, you know, then you've got a, you've got a fan base right there that, it's going to watch and right. Yeah. So it just seems like when you go to powerlifting, you have to really appreciate what's happening maybe. Yeah. And, you know, so the crowds are not going to be enormous. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems like it's family and friends and yes. I don't know how, I mean, if the crowd was so, so big, I don't know. They'd have to actually do it like they do the Olympic lifts, like at the Olympic games where they'd have to have a, a video and people have to watch it up on big monitors. Cause you can't really, you don't see, you can't appreciate the action of somebody on a bench press in the middle of the gym floor, and you're in the bleachers. You know what I mean? He, no, I, I agree, but, I mean, you look at, like, Olympic weightlifting in other countries, and they will literally be on a stage in a huge stadium, and people are freaking watching and cheering, you know? Yeah. So it's just a different part of our culture. We don't mm, – mm-hmm. but, yeah, I mean, it's boring. It's like the freaking, you know, the CrossFit Games, they did the rower marathon. It was like, who wants to sit there and watch people row for 26 <laughs> right. miles? You can't even tell who's winning. You know? Yeah. No. Exactly. Well, in the same spot. Yeah. It's boring. Yeah. But and that's what I was saying. It's almost like there's a certain requirement for the people in the crowd to appreciate like what's going on. Like JP's only wearing knee sleeves and he's opening yeah. with 900 pounds. You know. You know. That's yeah. It's ridiculous. sad to say, but I mean, it's kind of like a NASCAR appeal for powerlifting. It's like you're really uh, you get a lot of people watching just hoping for some crazy injury because they really don't <laughs> know what the hell's going on. So maybe maybe he'll blow up. You know, and then yeah. Right. So. Right. I don't know. What do you think about serving alcohol in the crowd? They don't really do that at powerlifting meets, do they? People get rowdy watching this stuff. You know, yeah, I mean, think no, of they don't do that at powerlifting meets. I've seen it a little bit at strongman, but uh, yeah, powerlifting meets are always in like a gym or something, so it's kind of hard to do. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, I mean, you see that at Highland Games. It's great. How, how the athletes drink on the field. That's amazing. I know, I right? Look. How fun is that? It's <laughs> so, so robust. To me, it fits that almost like. Um, Highlander mm. or even Norse kind of like yeah. just robust, just manly, just yeah, fun. It's just you know, amazing. Just fun. It's like yeah, I, I love it. So, um, but okay. I, at the same time, I couldn't imagine like I can do that with throwing. I couldn't imagine like ah, I'm gonna knock back a few beers. I'm a deadlift 800. No, right? No, I'm a puke off. No, the place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or deadlift. So, at least you can drop it. Like squat yeah. or bench. Oh, I, yeah. That's gonna go bad. That's gonna go yeah, bad. exactly. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. But, okay. All yeah, right. I don't know. I see an upswing in all the sports at least. Um, I don't see him. I don't see him slowing down. I th- and it's this age of the athlete. I think it's going to last at least another five years. I think the upswing in CrossFit, we're seeing it slow down. It's not going anywhere. I'm not saying it's going to go down. I'm just gonna, it, it grew so exponentially huge so yeah, fast. Yeah. That had had to come to that had to slow down and i think we've reached that point i almost think that's it's like in business like you get these cash cow companies something like a coca-cola that you know massive growth and they're gonna if they're big they kind of stay big but how much growth can you expect out of yeah out of certain things you can't keep adding ten thousand clubs a year it's just not gonna happen you know i think they've reached their pinnacle and now it's gonna be some drop off some come on blah 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 you know it kind of just it stays there so um like I said, I don't think it's going to shrink for the time being, but I think you're going to see clubs refine themselves. Um, you'll see a lot of them start doing more what I'm doing, where it's not just you come in for an hour and you do your CrossFit thing and then you get out. You know, they start specializing in more things, offering Olympic weightlifting, powerlifting. You're already seeing some of that. Yeah, gateway uh, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, and get more specialized so right for these athletes. But yeah. All right, cool. Well, that's good stuff. Like I said, I just I thought I'd pick your brain about some of those sorts of things. I. I get so wrapped up in the academic stuff. I, yeah. I feel like I'm losing touch a little bit. And I mean, because of you obviously you're a gym owner. Yeah. You know, you're more up on a lot of that stuff. It's fun to kind of look look ahead and see where, yeah, where things are going in the different sports. So, All right. Well, well, we'll see everybody next, next week. week everybody. Yep. Thanks a lot.
Hey listeners, have you seen the store at ironradio.org? There are three halls in the store. One for Phil, one for Fortress, and one for myself, Dr. Lowry, and they're thematic. So you can go into our Halls of Iron store and choose based on your goal. If you need something to learn or read or something nutritional, you can look in my store, uh, Lonnie's store. If you want something about injury prevention uh, or competition, then take a look at Phil's Hall of Iron. And if you want something about motivation or daily training, Fortress's Hall has what you're looking for. There are some fun heroic descriptors uh, as you browse through the stores. We try to make it a little more fun than the average boring online store. And whether you're a novice lifter or someone more experienced, you can take heart that you're not wasting your time. The things that we put in each hall of iron are actually based on our own recommendations. Protein powders that we know to be good. Uh, knee sleeves. Wraps of some kind. Things that Fortress uses in his own training. Uh, the stuff you, you see, you know is good. This way you don't waste time. So check out the Iron Radio store at ironradio.org. And um, let us know what you think on the forums. And certainly you can request products and we will uh, screen them before they go in. So thanks for listening. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding. Um, please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org uh, store. Uh, we also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.